You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are live. Minor Talk is live. Adrian Bradis, along with Sal Montes and Angel Munoz, who, hang, who hung around. He's ready to produce. He's ready to screen phone calls and join us here on Minor Talk. What's up, Angel? Thanks for joining us here on the show. Uh, UTEP defeats Alcorn State 73-61. There is so much that we got to talk about this one. Boy, I mean, can you guys, dramatic antics in game one of the Jim Forbes Classic. Can we at least have one drama-free game? Please? No. Please? I, I, I don't think so because, you know, uh, you know, God rest his soul, Jim Forbes, the amazing basketball and amazing person, um, but the amazing basketball mind that he was, he wants that effort. Yeah. And this was uh, this was an example of it, but, uh, man, this uh, – I don't want to kind of, uh, you know, piggyback off of what they said and sound like a copycat, but this had like a – a late conference feel, you know, conference tournament type of feel. I agree. Um, to it. So if these two teams are, are going to be, you know, in the top half of the conference, they're going to make it tough for just about anybody they go up against. I know it's early to call it, but uh, that's the kind of feel that I got from this game, along other things. So we got a lot to peel back in this contest. UTEP defeats Alcorn State in double overtime, 73-61. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Coming up later on tonight, we'll bring you our hot hand of the game. A lot of great candidates to bring uh, to you for this one. It's brought to you by our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso, and then we'll also bring you our player of the game thanks to the good people out at Keats Southwest. But we want to open up the phone lines because we know this is going to be a dramatic show and uh, maybe we won't get a ton of people on on the phones. We might get a lot of people online. Uh, We had people leaving in the middle of the game, especially when it was getting ready to uh, go to overtime. I was shocked by that. Uh, There were people who called it quits a little early. I get it. Hey, it's a weeknight. For some people, they work tomorrow. Uh, for others, they they definitely are, are taking advantage of the Thanksgiving break. But for those who hung around and watched this game, you got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, some will point out UTEP going one of seven for the free throws in the final stretch of the first regulation game. Some will say, hey, UTEP should have never been in this overtime game to begin with. Some will argue there were guys like Calvin Solomon. There were guys like just weird fouls that were called, like questionable calls, uh, fouls. Um, there was one in particular that I remember. Alcorn State hits three free throws in a row to yeah. take the lead at one point uh, in a phantom call against Calvin Solomon, which sent the fans uh, into hysteria, I thought. Um <laughs> There was also a phantom double dribble called against Shamar Givens. I get, okay, we can knock the refs, we can knock the officiating, whatever. We can knock the free throws, whatever. We could we could go that route if you want. Can we just call this a great basketball game between two uh, you know, skilled mid-major teams wanting to make some kind of a jump within their program? Alcorn State came into this game beating the likes of Wichita State. They beat Stephen F. Austin both on the road. This I'm not going to tell you that this is uh, a team that UTEP should just shrug off. In fact, if you're looking at the Jim Forbes Classic as a whole, you watch CSU Bakersfield upset uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I mean, you could you can make the argument that when it's all said and done, Alcorn State is the best opponent UTEP's going to go up against if uh, they're able to, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what ends up happening tomorrow and Friday, but that Alcorn State team was tough. They reminded me a lot of UTEP. They can't shoot the ball that well, but defensively, they'll give you fits. And yeah, you could point fingers at certain UTEP players, but what do you really take away from this game? I, I This is what I'm taking away. UTEP head coach Joe Golding looked at me before the game started and said the tougher team is going to win. The tough 
tougher mm-hmm. group between the, those two guys. Those two groups are go- going to win, and it went absolutely back and forth. And they lost. UTEP lost Otis Frazier in the first half. He never came back. It's a left uh, leg injury. He had a brace coming out. Uh, he was walking gingerly. Did not look good. No Mario McKinney tonight. That's the headline. I'm bearing the lead. No Mario McKinney uh, was. He was not spotted on the bench. Uh, head coach Joe Golding would not comment on it. Would not talk about it before the game or after the game. And uh, understandably so, if something's going on within their program that they're trying to keep tight lip, uh, they've got uh, two more games this week and three days, so they're trying to keep all distractions away from them. But this UTEP team tonight, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I'm just trying to tell you it is what it is. They were shorthanded. They did not have a single person to get them a bucket. Tay Hardy and Calvin Solomon had to fight for everything tonight. And, uh, you know, you can knock those guys. You can um, you could say that they have some weaknesses, sure, but I'm taking more of the good. The fact that UTEP grinded this game out and, and gutted it out for a victory – that's impressive to me. I mean, I get it. It was a back and forth game. UTEP should have won in regular, you know, in regular time. Maybe not sent it to overtime. You could knock the free throws, but man, a win is a win in this situation. You, you got to find ways to win and do it when it matters the most. And it, it's crazy, right? I say this knowing that that did not happen for either team in the final five minutes or so. You know, I don't want to say the other team was giving them the game, but they weren't doing what they needed to do to to bury the other team. Yeah. Same same concept in the in the first uh, overtime as well. So when it came down to it, the Miners were able to make their free throws when it mattered the most the, the third time. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> you know? right? Because it was yeah. Tay Hardy at the line. It was mm-hmm. those, I mean, but Sal, you, you just, uh, some, there are people on Twitter right now who are like, you know, the free throws are going to be the death of this team and they almost were tonight but you take away Calvin Solomon I'm not trying to pick on him but you take away his 3 of 12 tonight he was 3 of 12 from the free throw from the charity stripe yeah. today if you just take that away UTEP is a much better team at the free throw line they're not uh, uh you know light years better but you see Tay Hardy 9 of 13 you see uh Otis Frazier 2 of 3 Shamar Givens 5 of 7 uh you get 2 of 2 from Kevin Callu who couldn't get anything from the free throw line uh, down the stretch in mm-hmm. previous games, but it was just the timing of their missed free throws in this game. It was like the Malik Zachary two missed free throws, yeah. and then you get more missed free throws from Calvin Solomon when they had an opportunity to just ice it, win the game down the stretch. Uh, but I digress. It's the first game of the Jim Forbes Classic. We're exuding a ton of energy. They exuded a ton of energy after this game, and uh, we, you got to kind of dial it back and realize they got to pick it back up and go back at it tomorrow. Yep. CSU Bakersfield, and then Texas A and M Corpus Christi Friday. This is uh, going to be an interesting stretch to see how the miners fare. And, and you know what? Before I get to uh, who they're going to be going up against, just to kind of flip it over to to Alcorn State. I mean, they're saying the exact same things. The only difference is their team lost. You know what I mean? Right. The defense was all over. The place it was basically like a mirror out there both teams couldn't hit their threes um the, the only difference i would say is that um when it comes to alcorn they were better from the line percentage wise but they also had 15 less attempts if we're being honest about it that's I, a good point and, and i mean a lot of those came in the you know in the second overtime when it was you know it was getting out of reach at that point but um still though when you look at it Joshua is an incredible player for uh, for Alcorn State. The man finished with 14 points on a night where a bucket was was tough to come by. So uh, for that, it was basically who was going to play literally until the very end and, and score more points. I know that's the name of the game, but it literally came down to it because both teams, I think their identity is established. They're both great defensive uh, squads. 
but both teams still got to kind of figure out that offense. So uh, just somebody had to win tonight. Hey, I would love to hear from some of our listeners tonight at 915-505-6009, especially those who sat close to the Alcorn State bench. I don't know what you heard, Sal, but mm-hmm. um, here's what you know I heard from my side. So number one, I heard uh, there was a lot of uh, fouls, a lot of smack talking from both ends. Alcorn State, this is what a text I got. Uh, got to be honest, they are the worst behaved bunch of uh, players players I've ever seen. They had players threatening to go into the stands and managers, and they had players flipping off fans. I love it. One even said, bleep you, right to my face when I told him to back off. Right to his face. Can you imagine that? Oh, man. That's terrible. You know what? Got to make the dawn alive again, right? Somehow, some well, way. If this is going to reinstate that passion <laughs> and, and get people fired up, then so be it. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, I mean, it's it's... It's a inv- not an invitational. It's a classic. I mean, I want to say invitational so right. bad, but um, this is what happens when you have teams who refuse to lose. It extends beyond that. I know there's there's some profanity involved and whatnot. As long as there were no fights or anything like that, that that's all good. Well, my thing is that these teams are all coming together Thursday. I think for Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken, like they're all getting together for something like that. Uh, probably. Why not? I mean, the game's already over. <laughs> right. Well, hey, there's one more game Friday, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, it's interesting. This was a really interesting game. I still don't think we learned anything from this group. I will tell you this though. And this is something we kind of already knew, though. Uh, UTEP is going to struggle on offense throughout the season. There are going to be stretches where this team just does not have the juice offensively, and they're going to have to lean on their defense. In fact, uh, you look at the regular, uh, you, you know, the score uh, when the regulation hit and how low of a scoring game it really was. I think it was 55-55. Yep, it was 55-55 to tie things up at the end of the game. I mean, just a really low-scoring yeah. contest when you're putting it all together. And then in the first overall, overtime there's only 12 points combined by both teams you look at this game it's just uh sloppy from beyond the arc and shooting uh both teams combined to go three of 40 from three-point range let me repeat that three of 40 i don't think i've ever seen a worse three-point shooting game by both teams in a single contest like this i mean alcorn state went two of 22 utep went one of 18 and the miners can't get a single player to hit a three-point shot right now and that's a little alarming i mean uh you know i I really like what we saw today from tay hardy you can you can call him the player of the game for sure but he was oh seven from beyond the arc he couldn't hit a three-pointer and he had seven different attempts and you look at Shamar Givens. Uh, I thought he stepped up today, although some people will push back and say, whoa, 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 Shamar Givens didn't have the greatest game out there. But, I mean, he still had uh, 10 points and four rebounds and two assists, but he did go 0 for 3 from beyond the arc and turn the ball over three different times. So, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those games where I'm not taking a lot from this. I want to see UTEP at their full strength with, their, with all of them intact. I want to see them with Otis Frazier. I want to see them with Mario McKinney because I think if they have those two players in particular, this is a this is a totally different game right there. Yeah, it, it, we talked about it, right? Who is the the change of pace player? Who's the go to bucket getter when it mattered the most? And in a game where buckets were hard to come by, you, you saw where they were it missing McKinney big time. And it, it, as far as Givens goes, I know he was over three from beyond the arc. Didn't have the best night offensively, but what I like about it though is he's only three for seven. Right. And if you take away his three point attempts, he's three for four. So that lets me know he wasn't 
he he wasn't putting shots up that um th- that were hurting the offense in in general, right? He wasn't taking too many shots away uh, from from others. So although he was zero for three from beyond the arc, um, the shot selection I still do like because he didn't he didn't overkill. Yeah, I can see I see where you're going with that, Sal. I'm not selling my stock. I'm holding on to it. It's <laughs> it's depreciated. Uh, the Sh- the Shamar Given stock. If he comes live tomorrow, Thanksgivings. Oh my goodness! Come hey. on. Come on, Sal. Who's paying you? We we need to get we need to get a raise over here. Thanksgivings? Are you kidding me? We'll see. I love it. All right, Sal. Sal's calling a shot shot with uh, Shamar Givens uh, here on the show. Uh, let's get to Twitter real quick. Then we'll go to Mike from Austin. We're opening up the phone lines right now. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's the telephone number to get into the program. That's nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to get into the show. This coming in from Pinky. Game time and practices are two different entities. A win is a win. Keep rolling, UTEP. Uh, this coming in from King Eric. Solid win. That man, Bruton, is a player. I thought Solomon was going to be the guy to bring the juice and be the spark, but I think it's going to be Tay Hardy. He has a swag to him, and I think he could rub off to other players. Overall, solid performance. Uh, King Eric brings up Bruton, who, uh, Dominic Bruton, by the way, 17 points on 4 of 3 shooting. He was killing it on the free throw line, getting to the free throw line whenever he wanted. Also grabbed 8 rebounds, and then he fouled out in the game. That's another thing you want to bring up about this group. I mean, there's an argument on on the Alcorn State side of things saying, hey, we don't lose this game if we don't have X amount of players foul out of this yeah. one. So uh, they did have a, they had a good group of guys foul out. Uh, Jeremiah Kendall, he fouled out. Dontrell McWhorter, or McWhorter, he fouled out in this one as well. Dominic Bruton, like I just mentioned, he fouled out of this game. So they had some guys with some foul trouble, no doubt, in this contest. So um, UTEP pulling off a gutsy win. That's all we could say. Uh, we still don't know a lot about this group. We still don't know a lot about what's going to happen with Otis Frazier and Mario McKinney. But uh, through the unknown we go. Let's go to the phones right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. UTEP getting a double overtime victory tonight. Let's go to Mike from Austin. Mike, what's going on? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Um, I, I've got an interesting take, so just give me a little bit of, okay, go for a it, little man. Bit of space on this. So this was the Patriots versus the Jets from last from this last Sunday. Two oh, I hated that game. <laughs> two anemically offensive teams with defensive prowess. So I mean the Jets averaged two and a half inches per play in that game. I don't know if you know that. They averaged two that and a half inches horrible. per play. Oh my goodness. But the Patriots didn't fare much better. So if you look at it, and both teams are probably going to make the playoffs. So my point being that while we saw an ugly win, it it kind of portends or foretells what what is what may occur for both of these teams in the future. This was a tough fought battle. The tougher team won this evening, um, it, and so, uh, it, like I said, I'm just when I saw this game and and watched it, freaking tooth and nail, and saw the end. I said, "Man, this is the Patriots and the Jets, an ugly game with defensive greatness and offensive 
horrificness. <laughs> I mean, Mike, you are spot on on this analogy. I don't even have to let you breathe on this. You you hit it right on the head. It's two defensive uh, talents going up against each other, and its offense is just trying to find some life. So I, I think you you broke this down perfectly. But what what happens next for UTEP in this in this classic against CSU Bakersfield and Texas A and M Corpus Christi? How do you see it? Well, I see that they uh, they remember where they came from, and so. Our miners, they'll regroup. They'll understand that you know what they they won ugly, but that uh, this isn't the best product they put on the floor or that they can put on the floor. And they come out and they just regroup and you know take the next two games. Uh, I, I truly believe that. I think that this is a wake up call for them, but not because they were slouching today. I think that they just came out. A little bit, um, I don't even want to say soft. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. They just came out um, sluggish, and they met somebody. They're looking in the mirror. They saw a team that is them, a defensive, a defensively tough team, and that is going to make you earn every point. Now, that being said, <laughs> we got to hit free throws. I mean, we hit 51%. If we hit 52%, we win this game by like 12. So, I yeah. Mean, no, you're low, right, man. I mean, bar. we, we wouldn't even bar. been talking about overtime. We wouldn't even be talking about double overtime. No doubt about it, Mike. Hey, great phone call. It's great to hear from you all the way in Austin. Make sure to get, uh, keep tabs with us and give us a call uh, anytime here on Minor Talk, Mike. We really appreciate your thoughts here on the show. Let's keep it moving right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I completely agree with what Mike said. And I, I would have to say that when it comes to UTEP, and uh, I always reference Ken Palm. They're usually spot on with this stuff right here. And uh, and Sal, I owe the listeners an apology because we have listeners like uh, – well, actually, um, we have – people on Twitter like some guy Chris who is citing that UTEP is 64 and 112 and bingo you called it 57% from mm. the free throw line this season you called this number right there as far as where they're at UTEP in terms of the country if you have to look at where they are across college basketball they are currently 353rd in the nation in free throw percentage at just under 57%. And from beyond the arc, they are among the worst. 19% as a team. That is 359 in the nation right there. So Yeah, and obviously you can't fix both at the same time, right? It's, it's going to come in spurts. But if you got to pick one, just with their style of play, you definitely got to clean up those free throws because at, at that point, your style of play is – it allows you to be aggressive enough to wear out another team where they can't defend properly. Then when you attack the, the cup, you know, you're likely to be to be fouled, as we saw today. And you can put games away in those moments. Plus, the clock is stopped. There's so much more benefit to it in, in that regard. Um, as far as the threes go, I mean, it's tough because I want to say um, it's a continuation of last game. But also, too, we cannot discredit the Alcorn State defense. Right. A lot of those misses are due to that defense. I think you're lucky if you can get 30 percent, 30 to 35. I think that's the average maybe against the Alcorn State defense. But um, they were still far, far off of that. So, you, you know, they, they definitely got to clean that up, too. But free throws got to come first. OK, I'm going to give you a bunch of other stats by Ken Palm because I think you're going to really like these. So. Mm. 
Um, yeah, you know how much uh, you like uh, stats, and I'm just feeding it to you. All right, uh, <laughs> uh, this one coming. All right, so three-point percentage. All right, just for reference, right now in college basketball, there are 363 teams, okay? 363, easy to remember, okay? UTEP, again, is 359 out of 363 <laughs> in three-point percentage, okay? Got that? They are now uh, 353 out of 363, so they're bottom 10 in free-throw percentage across the country but two-point percentage something that they struggled in last Big year time, something yep. that they were the worst in the country they are a top 100 team in college basketball shooting 53 percent from uh, two-point shots how how weird is that and it's crazy because the way we look at it they're taking so many shots from beyond the arc that if they were just a smidge better they're still not taking away from how good they are like they can improve their three point shooting without having to take away their production on the inside yeah no i'm you i'm know? with you i i completely agree with that and maybe this is a small sample size and it is it's four games in where and you're talking about a game against texas you're talking about a game against sol ross in the mix so it's kind of Weird. You get kind of opposites on all of this. I'll give you a couple other ones real quick for Ken Palm. UTEP is number three right now in defensive non-steal turnovers. We've talked about these before. Okay. Your shot clock violations, uh, things like that. They are number three in the country in non-steal turnover percentage. They are also number two in the country in three-point percent defense. How about that? Holding opponents. Hey, we called UTEP. They're, they're shooting only 19% from the, from the three-point line. Well, their opponents are shooting 19% as well. So UTEP is defending that three-point line really, really nicely. I don't know if this game completely skews that stat <laughs> in, in a different direction because they held Alcorn State to shooting just 9% from three-point range. But still, a couple other ones real quick to get to. Uh, uh, as far as stats, UTEP is 84th in the country in total defense right now in adjusted defense per Ken Palm. That's a good stat. It, it is. And, you know, it's still early on in the season, so I expect that I expect them to be higher in those ranks. Yeah. But you, you want to be somewhere in that 66 type of range because if you could be one of the, you know, 66 teams to enter a tournament, you know, that's that's definitely something that these fans are waiting for. There but, you go. Uh, they, they just got to build on it. So I, I think with time, they're going to work on it. Even Coach Golding has said, him, uh, said it himself that the, the offense is going to come with time. You know, they're, they're going to work on that throughout the season to get to where they need to get to. We saw it last year. It was, it was similar to this, right, where it was all defense. What is the offense going to look like? We didn't really have a clue until more so like February. Also, injuries played a factor. But with this, I mean, the ball movement is getting there. We, we can see that. And some of those open shots are just not falling. All we need is just for them to, to have some of those shots fall in. And it's a completely different story. But nonetheless, their defense, Adrian, we talked about it too, That's right. is what's keeping them in a the game and, and helping them win games. So because of that right there, because of the defense of what we're saying, knowing that this group right now, without Otis Frazier without Mario McKinney knowing that this group right here is not a proven offensive team I still consider this a big win like I thought this was a big program victory for UTEP and and you can't say like all right significant and big are totally different right significant I'm talking about hey you're beating an opponent who has a high caliber that's like DePaul like when if you when UTEP takes on DePaul Saturday December 10th on the road if they get that that's a quality significant victory right there but this is a big win in terms of just taking that first step with it with this program this is a a fresh new group they have no clue how to play in 
crunch time together. And you had uh, yeah. extended minutes with these guys playing crunch time minutes together. You had frustration. You had uh, you know ups and downs. You had the good and the bad. But you gutted out a victory in the end. So I might sound like a homer when I'm saying this, but I thought this was a good win. It, it's, a, it's a good win. I agree. It's, it's not the greatest win, but it's also not something to scoff at. I mean, they, they could have lost this game last year around this time of the year. Do they win or lose this game? They lose it, and they it, lost it to Bradley. It, that's This is the Bradley loss Exactly. Right so how, how ironic. They're the Bradley Braves. Oh, that's a <laughs> but, good one. Um, but, no, they, this is huge because – you you pair this with their their road trip to Austin. We know that the Longhorns won that game, but the way that they were able to fight and the Longhorns were ultimately able to pull it out, you were impressed with that effort down the stretch. I and, was. You know what I mean? It's the Longhorns, right? But when you pair this with the trip to Austin and then that trip to Cruces, um, you know, a couple weeks from now, those are those are some some gritty games and also some tough environments. I know you can give them the benefit of the doubt tonight because they were at home, but they'll be tested by the time they get to DePaul. And I'm also going to say this. We still hold this team to a high standard. We still believe that this program should have more improvements. But if this is the bottom, if this is like, you know, they're scrapping to get a victory, I want to see when it's, you know, flowing on all cylinders. And I think we saw a little bit of that against New Mexico State. Yeah. But uh, I think the I think the ceiling is still pretty high with this group. If this is kind of near the floor in terms of their performance today without the likes of Frazier and McKinney, then the floor is, you know, hey, if the floor is at least they're going to be scrappy on defense. That's yeah. the floor right there. And, and that that's all you can do, at, you know, whenever your best offensive players are out, right? That's you, right. You, you can stick to your guns, which is your defense. And guys stepped up today on the defensive end, so it wasn't the prettiest offensive night, but as a, as a collective, everybody did their part on defense. Let's go to the phones. Let's welcome on Ronnie, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Ronnie, I know we want to talk some brawls and some and, and a little bit about some football, but uh, <laughs> let's try to keep it here in the city of El Paso, eh? Huh? We're definitely, we're de- hey, I love you and Sal both, but you guys are homers. This is nothing like the Bradley game. Bradley's best player, Terry Roberts, transferred to Georgia, by the way. There's not a single kid on Alcorn who'll be leaving to go to the Power Five. This is nothing close to that. But look this at what Alcorn that- did leading up to this. They beat Wichita State and Stephen F. Austin on the road. I'm not okay, calling them a great of, team. They're just, they're scrappy. Both, both they're scrappy. Both those pro- First of all, Bush Pierre is in Wichita State, but what does that say about them? Okay, we know what they are. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, Stephen F. Austin is down. Um, like, they're just not the Stephen F. Austin that they once were. Like, like kudos to the Miners for winning this game, but I'm going to harp on the same fact that I brought up. Where is the guard play? And you keep telling me Grimmins is a guy. I don't know, man, because let me tell you something. I watched Jelly Walker today lead UAB about 30 on Georgia and come back and win that game, and it wasn't even close. Had had Georgia down by 18 at one point. So if you're telling me the Miners are going to go out there and out-scrap a team like that, yeah, that, that's just not going to happen, man. Like, I agree. Not I'm not happen. saying that. No, like, I, I'm not saying that. I agree completely. That's the standard right there in conference, you say. You're going to have to beat shots to beat Western Kentucky. You're going to have to make shots. To beat North Texas because North Texas is that this has been this is exactly how Mac plays all his games right like he would get you in the half court and he would grind it out he'd throw it inside he'd let one guard kind of you know go to work and so I agree that UTEP is more of a uh, defensive team they are an offensive team but I'm telling you man I watch 500 games a year you ain't beating nobody when it comes to serious basketball if your guard play ain't winning you games and right now UTEP's best players are all in the front court. So I'm sorry, man, but you're 
not going to beat the elites when it's time to win. Okay, but I'm not. Hey, Ron, Ronnie, let me reel you back in because I'm not here arguing that UTEP's going to stand the test against the likes of Jelly Walker yet. No, no way. I, I'm saying where UTEP is right now, losing Otis Frazier and no Mario McKinney tonight. That was a that was a gutsy win right there in double overtime against Alcorn State, a team who came in thinking that they're going to beat the Miners, and UTEP has no one who can they could turn to for scoring. I think it's going to come along for. I, I'm still I'm betting on the long haul. You're going to laugh at me. You you might be right in the end, Ronnie, and I'll tell you if you're right. But I'm going to bet on the long haul with Shamar, and I'm not saying that he's going to be the playmaker that Jelly Walker is. I'm not saying that Tay Hardy is even going to be at that level where some of these Western Kentucky guards are at right now. Conference USA is legitimately good right now. That's what scares me if I'm UTEP. And and if I'm UTEP right now, I'm trying to upgrade from a month now because a month from now you're playing La Tech, you're, host, you're, you're taking them uh, on in the conference opener in mid-December, and regardless on who's playing, who's not, who's available, who isn't, you're going to have to mature by conference playtime, and that's when we can really judge this team on whether or not you know things have clicked. I don't know, man. Everybody keeps saying, I mean, you're saying we can judge them later, but I hear guys making a lot of judgments now about this team. So which one is it? Either we're judging them now or we're judging them later, but let me know. Let's be consistent with it. I, I, I know. I hear, I hear you. I hear you. I, I hear I hear you and everybody else telling me this team is this, 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 and this. And then when I get on here, it's like, well, come on, Ryan. Give them some time. Well, <laughs> which one is it, man? Which one is it? Oh, the man. callers get, get to – Get the benefit of the doubt. This is I'm not a, this is I'm not an El Pasoan by nature. I mean, come on, man, give me the same grace here. No, no, I'm hey, saying, I, I get it. Hey, Ronnie, I, I hear where you're coming from, and I know what standard you're holding this UTEP program. And trust me, the the pl- the players on that team, they're holding themselves to that, and the coaches are as well. Yeah. And if they're not able to get to that point, then this is this is irrelevant, right? If UTEP's fifth in the conference, that's not where they want to be. They want to be up up top in the top three. And do I think they're there right now? No, but do I think that there are some building pieces and some things here? Yes, I do, and I think this defense could keep them in every game. I really do. I think the defense is elite. Oh, yeah. Their defense is, I mean, that's Golden, you know, that's been his claim to fame since he started his coaching career. So I'm not going to take that away from him at all. I'm just saying that eventually you're going to have to make shots because you're going to run into dudes that no matter how good your defense is, you ain't going to be able to stop them, which means you're going to have to combat that with some firepower of your own. And the last time I checked in basketball, it just don't turn on like a light switch. You need to have certain things that need to add up previous to that moment. And, so and maybe that's where I come at moment. this unrealistically. Maybe I come at this in an unrealistic approach because maybe I'm waiting for that guy to emerge in the late game situation and maybe he won't come when it's all said and done with, on this team. Maybe that's another thing that we have to address here. Maybe it's Shamar Givens. He, he steps up. Maybe Tay Hardy improved and grew up today a little bit. I mean, he closed out this one in, in a nice fashion. He had some uh, late buckets that really helped set the Miners over the top. Scored 20. I know he had Turnovers. I know it wasn't pretty with some of these guys, but I mean, you have to look at somebody to to be the guy to step up when when it's all said and done, right? That's my thing is I don't know which. Like I can't finger point what guy it's gonna be. Like last year, I knew for a fact Boom is gonna take over the game at some point. You know what I mean? Like, but right now with this team, I don't know on the perimeter who is that guy right that'll take no, it over. No, no one's on the perimeter right now. You know what I mean? It's gonna happen, and it's like that's what scares me is that you let teams like this hang around. And other people pop the film and they're like, well, that UTEP team ain't, you know, they ain't that good. We can, we can, you know, and so it's like you can't let people hang around is all I'm saying. You got to go for the juggler when you can. That's what playoff teams, NCAA teams do. They go for the juggler 
when they're playing and they don't let you back in games. They don't give you that hope anymore. They suffocate the life out of you. And maybe that's the difference between UTEP right now and a tournament team. Maybe they have to get to that point where they're closing games out and it's it's not even a question when it's all said and done. I mean, uh, Sal, I'll bring you in on this because it's it's really interesting what Ronnie brings up. First off, he's talking about the and I appreciate the phone call, Ronnie, and good stuff as always, man. I appreciate you calling me out and uh, calling us out as homers <laughs> here at times. Hey, we're we're drinking some Kool Aid here. We're drinking the the, <laughs> the Kool Aid at times, and uh, sometimes we need to be reeled back in. But but hey, it comes with the territory. We're here for it. We're ready to we're ready to duke it out. But I, I want to bring up some points that Ronnie brought up. Uh, the guard play how far do you think this guard play could be even with mario mckinney intact like let's say he's back in the mix and all all is good well they're almost there to to be respectable right on the offensive side because the ball movement is there they just got to hit their shots when it matters the most and that's not happening right now so to counter that they're getting to the line but as a team right they're shooting they're not even shooting 60 percent if we're being honest so right that those are two things that they really really do got to clean up in order to be respected right because if, if they're aggressive and attacking the cup because they can't make those threes all right that's fine continue and get to the line but when you can't even close the deal there that's where it becomes a problem um i mean hardy you know stepped up when it mattered the most and then given so let me look at the um the free throws today for Givens because I think your stats may be different than mine yours are probably more accurate I have four for six I don't know if that's what you have that's what I have on your side yeah so I mean gotta be uh you know a bit better than that in order to stand a chance because as a collective they're 14 for 20 so was that 70 percent just a little bit north of that you know you would hope they're in the 80s you, you want to be as um as automatic as possible but yeah if you're not going to hit from the three definitely hit from the free especially if you got to be so aggressive because nothing's open uh i, I think they definitely got to clean that up but the ball movement it's it's starting to get there there were some good cuts and some good dunks today and, and in clutch time too really that, there that, were. that they had there it were. so like it's, solomon it's almost there right they just definitely got to clean up on the jump shooting because it's going to come down to it, you know, in those big conference USA games. He's Let, right. Let's keep it moving. Hey, really appreciate the phone call by Ronnie. Great job by him. Let's keep it moving. We've got Danny from Virginia who's journey, joining us next. We'll get to Jenny. Danny, we've got Jason. We've got Hunter. A lot of phone calls to get to. Let's keep things moving here on Minor Talk. Danny is joining us next all the way from Virginia. What's up, Danny? How are you? I'm good, man. It's good to hear from you guys. I, I just got deployed out here to Virginia. Um, um, it, it's hey, thank a- you for your service, Danny. Um, you're you're hanging with us. It's a quarter to one, and you're hanging with us here on Minor Talk. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, UTEP basketball has always been a part of my life, so it, it's good to see these guys and, and this new team fighting hard. And I, I'm just going to say some quick words. Is um, There's a lot of things that I want to see them do better, obviously free throws. Um, but to see this guys play defense the way that they've been playing defense, I mean, it's it's awesome, man. I, I truly can appreciate that. It, it's something that I can uh, kind of, you know, truly see and, and appreciate, and it's something you can build off of. I want them to play – I mean, you got to hit those free throws, but for God's sakes, man, to see the defense that they played tonight, they won the game – I'm proud of them. You know, they fought hard. And, and as, a, as a guy from El Paso living all the way the heck out here in Virginia, uh, I'm, I'm proud of them. And all I can say is that. So I'm just going to leave it at that is, you know, fight miners fight. And, you know, hopefully these guys can, can pull it off the rest of the year. If not, we're still proud of them because they're fighting hard. And so are you guys, you know, thank you guys so much, Adrian and, and you know, 
Sal, you guys are doing a heck of a job. So thank you guys so much for taking my call, and I'll leave it at that. Hey, you Danny, you're, you're welcome to call anytime. All right, uh, hang out there in in Virginia. Best of uh, best of luck with uh, with the, your deployment, and thank you for your service. Thanks for all you do, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for giving us a call. Thank you guys. I miss you guys. All right, give all you guys love to El Paso and everyone. Remember, you guys have a, a happy Thanksgiving out there because I miss you guys. All right. All right, we miss you too, Danny. Thank you, you take Danny. care. Hey, appreciate that. Uh, let's keep things moving on the phones. Let's welcome on Jason Craig, who's joining us on the show. Jason, we had a couple people tell us that the Alcorn State team was it like crazy on the bench. What well, what was your vantage point? What did you see? We almost had a malice in the palace. Is all I got to say. No, stop in- that. Yeah. Stop that. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm telling you what happened. So, you know, the student section, we get a little rowdy. We get really intense. And our job is to really distract the team and get underneath their skin so that there was know, some good chance with their game. Bravo. You know? Yeah. But in that sec, in that second overtime, it just, we, re- it, it gave us more time to do that. And so that we really got underneath one of the players, uh, skins. This is number five. Oh yeah, Montgomery. He's good. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah, he got he got out of his seat and was walking towards us. And uh, Caesar, uh, the cheer coach, he had to go over there and kind of stop him, but he was still coming. And then the, their coaches got up and tried to help. You know, get him in there. No way. So he had to be it held re- back. It seriously, it was that serious. Uh, I, I need more videos. A- I can't see that far, Jason. I need you to take a video. <laughs> I know you're busy I mean, DJing, but come on, you know, man. I'm also, you know, I'm also part of the the distraction. I have to help with the distraction too, so I'm in the moment. But man, what a game, huh? What a game, man. What do you think? Oh man, it was. Uh, it, it looked a little. It looked like we we were doing good in that first half. Uh, beginning of the second half looked okay, but it looked like we were losing it. Um, towards the end there, it looks like we just lost steam. But then, you know, we got to overtime. We're like, okay. The second overtime or first overtime, I was like, okay, I don't – it just looks like we're going to, you know, kind of blow it. But in that second one, they, it looked – I felt like we really did our part as far as fans to really get them distracted and, um, you know, uh, lose their lose what they were trying to do. It, it, they might have been tired. It, it, Double overtime. Yo, it, both it teams were gassed, and there was foul, guys yeah. who fouled out left and right. Yeah, it was it was just a tough grind out game for both teams, man. It's it hard. It's crazy really, to think that a, these these both both these teams have uh, two more games in three days. Oh man, it was a very very physical game from the start to the finish. So I can understand why they were so tired. Very physical game. Okay, what would have happened if uh, a player went into the stands and started fighting? What would you have done? Uh. I'm protecting my DJ stuff, number one. That's first. First and foremost. <laughs> I, I, I knew you would go yeah. that answer, and I'm happy you did that. You're the man, Jason. Uh, all right, man. Hey, we're going we're gonna to let you go. We're going we're gonna to move on to a couple other callers, but we Love appreciate it, man. All right, you take care, Jason. Later, Jason. That's Jason Craig, uh, another member of us here on 600 ESPN El Paso, who are joining us. Let's keep it moving. we got more calls to get to. If you've been trying to get in, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Been tough to get in on the phones, but uh, now we've freed up a couple lines. You could do so, 915-505-6009. Let's welcome on Hunter onto the program. Hunter, good evening, man. What's going on? What's going on, guys, man? How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Hunter. We hope you have a great celebration on Thursday. We're not going to be live tomorrow, so uh, let's let's do all the minor talk we can tonight. Let's have some fun. Yeah, man, happy Thanksgiving, man. Long day for you guys. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. We're here. We're here because we love it. We're here because we, we're having some fun. Uh, and you're joining us because you have some thoughts on this one. So g- go ahead. I, I won't take any more time. Oh, man, that was the uh, most frustrating game since the Bradley game last year. You know, that's the first time this season I've been frustrated with Golding and him specifically. Uh, you know, and I had to kind of kind of mind my business because his boys were sitting right in front of me. You know, as their dad, man, I'm not going to disrespect. Uh, but, you know, one thing I've noticed about him that I don't like is there are no, or not, I won't say no, hardly any in-game adjustments. He will sit there and let them keep pounding their head against the wall and not make any adjustments. We're watching that same weak zone press somehow give them fits, and he does nothing to correct it. Zero. And that led that hesitation by uh, Givens, I believe it was, where they called the double drill. Yeah, that was terrible. Terrible. No, no, it was. And it's their fault. Why are we hesitating against the same zone that they've seen all game? They haven't figured it out by the end of the game? Are you kidding me? That's the easiest thing to break. We should be making them pay for that. Attack that zone. Attack the basket. And especially when they're struggling so bad offensively, why not speed it up and try and get a couple cheap buckets? Because you sure as heck can't make anything else out there. That's the worst shooting team I think I've ever seen here at UTIP. And we've had some bad ones. That's, the, that's, you know, that's all the negative right there. Uh, another thing was they, they – <laughs> first five minutes of the game, you know, I, I – with the people I was sitting with, I said, man, this is going to be tough. These are two very similar teams, same style, same type of players. They're not, neither team is very tall, but they're physical. And man, it's going, to, it's going to be a battle. There's not going to be anything easy. And, man, the way the refs are letting them play, you couldn't dribble. Every time they're driving, they're getting hacked, and it's not getting called, and, and then they had to man up. So the, the, the frustrating things end there including with the uh, nobody's fighting for rebounds for the most part. There might be one guy fighting for the rebound every possession and four guys looking at him. That can be fixed with a simple timeout because rebounds are all about effort and want to. And he never fixed it. So those are frustrating things that should be dealt with right there. You don't have to keep watching the same thing and the same failures all game long and leave them there. I mean, it's terrible. Rebounding is effort, and they got out-efforted, if that's even a word, which was really frustrating to see. Now, to the positive, though, I mean, that's about as bad as they can play rebounding-wise and offensively, and they came away with a win. So, you know, at the end of the season, when we're looking at wins and losses, all we're going to see is a 73-61 win against Alcorn State. Doesn't matter how they got there, they did it. And there's no moral victories, you know, uh, I get it. But a win's a win. And uh, especially when you can do it playing so flat, uh, struggling so much, it's like there was a lid on the basket. I don't think they're going to shoot that poorly again. I'll bet you they come out tomorrow and light it up. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. So, so I mean, they did that last time. Remember that when they, I think when they lost to Bradley, they came back the next day and, I mean, it was, it was night and day. If I remember correctly. Well, so after the Bradley loss, the conference play started, and then things started going a little south for that team last year. They lost to UAB, they lost to Southern Miss, they lost to Charlotte. So things went a little south after that Bradley loss. That's why I was thinking to myself, man, they can't lose this game because if you lose this one, you got two other ones in three days. And what kind of confidence is UTEP going to have if they lose this one? That's why I feel, I feel like winning that first one gives you all the confidence. If you're, the argument is there, right? You, you made it right there for UTEP 
to uh, you know um, blow the lid off of CSU Blake Bakersfield tomorrow if that that's the way they come out or Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, but if uh, on the other side, if they don't, if they let the injury for Otis Frazier fall on them too much, and uh, they're not able to overcome the the loss of not or the absence of not having Mario McKinney, uh, they're going to struggle tomorrow and they're going to struggle Friday. What uh you know on that injury he came back out they said with a boot so it looks like an ankle injury is that what no no know? no it was like a a leg brace like a left leg brace that's what I oh, saw man. and and he couldn't I mean he was walking gingerly he was not yeah. he, Jonathan Dos Anjos uh, had more of a, an ability to walk and he didn't even have crutches on him compared to Otis Frazier I don't know I don't want to make any kind of speculation as to what happened I know that he was out in the first half he came back out of the locker room in the second half early second half but he had that brace on he had the hoodie on he was not coming back in you know more than anyone and poor guy i hope the best for him and you know it's, it's a season uh we all hope the best but uh you know just hope the best for him personally uh yeah you know season secondary but who in your mind took over there late in the game out of everybody on the team, who took over? You know, I've heard three different people say three different things. I've heard somebody say, well, it was Calvin Solomon. But Calvin, I, I can't say he did with all the turnovers that he had and that he committed. And then I some say uh, Shamar Givens, which maybe you, you go that route because he was the one kind of facilitating. He was also the one who really locked down defensively down the stretch. But I have to probably give the nod to Tay Hardy for just making the shots when it really mattered late in the game. Who would you give it to? Who would you give the nod to right now it's all calvin solomon and and for multiple reasons he was the on-ball defender against number 23 there at the end and 23 was feeling it man yeah Bruton was their best player he was their best player no doubt and he was the on-ball defender on him he was he was in every rebounding battle when sometimes it was just him against all of alcorn state and and he made critical buckets there layups got tough post play got fouled yeah he didn't make the free throws but he's making it happen and to me and another thing is he's getting in that team uh, mentally and he i guess that's his knack he reminds me of dennis rodman he's just kind of he's all oh yeah he's talking the most smack of anybody he's he's getting ready he's ready to get in a fight in the first half it's like hey man we got a lot of game here that's hooper that's a hooper yeah (laughs) you love it he he he's in on everything you know and for the better or worse but he's there He's under their skin. He's battling, made some key shots, grabbed key rebounds, played key defense. I think that guy is the one that stepped up more than anybody completely at the end in that second overtime. Okay. But uh, I'll let you guys go, man. You guys enjoy your holidays, man. Thanks for what you all do, and let's see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, let's see what tomorrow brings, Hunter. Hey, really appreciate the phone call, man. It's great to talk to you. Great to catch up, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, man. Uh, let's keep things moving real quick on the phones. Actually, before we get to Sarah, I just want to address a couple things that Hunter mentioned. I'll get your thoughts, Sal. Uh, I don't think, you know, some of the knocks that he had on this team – for some reason, a Joe Golding-led squad right now can't break a zone, and and it's for for some reason it's hard for them to break a, a press. And it feels like at times, like if you're going to knock this squad for anything, it feels like at times they might wait too long before calling that timeout that they need. I, I, am yeah. I wrong on any of those things? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think uh, when it comes to the zone, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and Golding mentioned this as well, this is one of the first times, if not the first time, they've seen like a, a zone-heavy type of defense pretty much all year. When, when it comes yeah, strictly to the zone, that. right? But as, as far as the press goes um it's got to improve with time right it's as physical and and um hard fought as those practices are 
they go up against each other, so they're ready for a, a solid defense in terms of the physicality of it. But at some point, they got to be able to to break that type of press positively and, and not make mental mistakes or or give the incorrect impression to the referee to call a to call something that they believe should be called when that isn't the case, right? Especially with that um with that turnover, uh, you know, in the final minute or so with Givens. So they do got to improve on it, but it's game four. It's game four. Yeah. It's game four. Let's not overreact. It's game four. Now, and I actually thought last year's team had these same issues early on, and they rectified them right in the middle of the season. They they had the same problems. They couldn't break the press early on. They had a difficult time breaking the zone. And last year's team, once February, March came around, they broke that. They, they had no problems. So. I think part of it, too, aside from just trying to break it in the first place, is what is that next step? What is that right. next move after you get it over? And Alcorn State was just all over the place on defense. I want to say it's like half and half, right? Half was UTEP just not being able to to break it on UTEP's end, where half you got to give credit to Alcorn State for – you yeah. know, putting UTEP in that position in the first place. No, you're exactly right on on that, Sal. Um, we got a lot of tweets to get to, but before we get to tweets, let's uh let's welcome on Sarah, who's joining us next on the phone. She's been patiently waiting. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. If anybody wants to to uh, call into the program, feel free to do so. We've cleared up some phone lines. Got a lot of tweets to get to nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Sarah, welcome aboard here on Minor Talk. How's it going? It's going really well. That's awesome. What do you think of this game? I actually was so impressed with UTEP. Um, I think that the defense really made us win this game. I agree. I mean, look at that defense and what they were able to do. In this one, we didn't even get to talk about the turnovers, but they forced 16 turnovers against Alcorn State. Uh, I know the Miners had 12 of their own, but you look at it, seven steals, another impressive performance. Miners did what they needed to do defensively to win this game. Sarah, you're exactly right on that. Yep. And um, what what I noticed most of all was us missing – McKinney, oh, and I, 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 know. I feel like McKinney is a spark. Mm. I, I really do. Um, yeah. He plays fast, and he's a good passer. Uh, and I do think he does uh, motivate the other players. Um, but I, I do honestly feel like our guards, you know, y'all talk about the front court a lot and the the lack of of offense. But I think that our guards are real, are having to play a whole lot of defense, um, even even under the even front court. I think the uh, guards are having to make up a lot of flat. No, and, and look at just look at the minutes distribution, Sarah. I and I agree with what you're saying. Look at minutes. Tay Hardy, forty eight minutes, Shamar Givens, forty six minutes. You look at Calvin Solomon, thirty three minutes. So hey, I mean Calvin Solomon getting a little bit of relief. Uh you're getting more of the guards are playing those extended minutes right there, Sarah. Hey, I, I totally agree okay. with what you're saying. I think you're bringing up some good points on this. Uh, I think the guard play, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad by any means. It's just there are some things that the guard play can do to get better. I mean, and that's uh, largely uh, you know part of their scoring kind of prowess. They need to be a little bit better on the scoring yeah. end, but I yeah, get it. That it might be gassed because of what they're doing on the defensive side. Exactly. Because they're, if, if they're having to play both sides of that court, and they, they, I, 
I've uh, I, I played college uh, for a little while. Okay, and and I, I I do know how hard it is to play both sides of that court. We're just a oh. bunch of blog boys back here, Sarah. So I mean, you got to educate, you got to tell us how it is because we're we're well, just here I'm writing just blogs. To, to be able to expect them to make threes when they're having to play both sides of that court is is a lot to demand of them, you know. And, and I know there's some people out there who have that motor, you know, and maybe eventually they will get that motor, but. We we do need our front court, you know, to to play both sides as well. Okay. So, yeah. No, I I hear what uh, you're saying. So uh, because because um, you know I I play college ball and I I see where our guards are putting a lot out there on the court. They're playing both sides. They really are playing both sides of the court. No, I, I totally understand that, Sarah. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for weighing in on this. I, I think you bring great perspective. Sal, We I, hey, yeah. that's right. If you're a guard on this team, you got to be ready to go. You gotta, and these guards, they almost, played, they almost played 50 minutes of basketball tonight. Yeah, and for, for retrospect, right, a, a regular game is 40 minutes long. Two guys played over forty minutes. That's insane. Tonight. And also, those two guys, what are they? They're guards. So that that's a whole lot of uh, a lot of huffing and puffing out there on the court. And it is a lot to ask to to be at a high level on both sides. The good thing is that they're high level on one, and on the other side, there's some good looks that just aren't falling. Right? Uh, like I said earlier, we can we can attribute a large part of the misses due to Alcorn State just being ferocious on defense. Uh, but when it comes to those those open looks that you don't get every so often, those are the ones that you do got to hit down. But but also too, you know, as the season goes along and these guys build more chemistry and the ball movement, which is pretty solid or, or almost solid. I agree. Completely. As of now. They can tailor the offense and be smarter with their shots or instead of rushing because they see a a, a quick open look instead of, you know, you pass up a good shot for a great shot type of mentality. Sure. They can get to that point, you know, with time, you know, as as chemistry builds throughout the season. I think that's where they can get to instead of having to chuck up a total of uh, 55 shots, 18 threes. Maybe they're just in that 11 to 12 range and they're making four or five out of those, you know what I mean? And now a four out of 12, five out of 11 night is much better than one for 18 or one for 19 or three for 20. It's true. Extended minutes means extended uh, shot attempts, and you're going to have more of those shot attempts mm-hmm. out there right there uh, to miss. So, hey, that's that's one of the reasons why we're seeing that. Sarah brought up some really good points. Appreciate the phone call. Also, I mean, let's just say this. This whole argument is re- irrelevant if Mario McKinney plays because he spells that time. Shamar Givens, Tay Hardy, they're not having to play upward of 46 minutes. I like both those guys. I'm sorry. To everybody out there, I like both Tay Hardy, Shamar Givens. I think both those guys could bring you a lot. Lot of different things. So let's go back to Twitter. Let's react to some of the tweets out there. First off, Daniel, uh, Daniel, the bridge under tweets the show. Minor talk, good gritty win. However, in the offseason, I think they need a three-point sniper and a point guard that can run the offense after given sleeves because again, at times it looks like they don't know what's going on and cannot find the rim. Good point. It's harder to find a three-point specialist, though. That's all I, I would say. It's easier said than done. This coming in from uh, this coming in from Manny David. Watch the game on CUSA TV with Tysher and Yellen providing the play-by-play. Too many missed free throws. Shouldn't have gone to double overtime, but a win is a win. I like this team. I'll be at the Don Haskins Center tomorrow night. <laughs> nice. Hashtag. 
Go Miners, hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, we will not have Miner Talk tomorrow, just to let everybody know. Uh, we will have it Friday. We're just taking a little bit of, of a break tomorrow. we got a lot of things going on. I mean, come on. Look, we got uh, four games um, that we have to uh, cover here on uh, as far as UTEP sports in a week. So we're doing minor talk on Friday and then minor talk on Saturday after the football game. So you'll get plenty of us throughout this week. Uh, Manny, uh, excuse me, this is Kenny Onyema. Speaking of the Onyema, saw all of them tonight, Sal. They nice. all wanted to say hi to you. They were oh, like, cool. where is Sal? What, they <laughs> they want to know what's going on with Sal. And I was like, hey, he's back at the studio. He's doing fine. Kingsley was there. Mary was there. That's awesome. Shout out to a Kingsley, Mary, and, a, and Kenny. They're, they're amazing people. Yeah, for we're, sure, we're for fans sure. of the Onyema family. This is coming from Kenny. Kenny has called in on this show before. He says the fact that there were many mental errors and the free throw issues and the Miners were still able to pull off a win by double digits is a good sign glass half full that's coming from kenny um my name is jeff this man is crazy the miners donut ever and i mean ever and spells donut actually donut this the miners haha los elotes uh state alcorn state are the braves but the miners are more braver Hashtag golden boy, hashtag coach of the year, hashtag minor talk. <laughs> that man, Jeff, he knows something. He knows something, all right. Uh, this is coming from Cesar Cubillos, who uh, took a picture of me with uh, Peter Pete. I love that one. Uh, this is coming in from him, that Billy Idol-looking ref called some questionable fouls. But I have to give him credit for keeping control of the game. He didn't let the players or the coaches talk down to him. Uh, 915 Sun City tweets the show, When is Sibley going to wake up? Looks like he's half asleep all the time. With depth issues, he needs to step up. He's not a newcomer, and he's not excuse- and excuses don't apply to him. I'll, I'll tell you this, Sal. It's telling that Jamari Sibley's not there in the closing segment of the game. You know what, too? It, this is interesting, right? 34 minutes for, for Sibley, and this is no disrespect to, to anybody out there, but... That might have been the most silent 34 minutes I've seen. I mean, yeah, three wow. for four, uh, uh, three rather for six. Um, you know, 50% across the line, right? 50 from field goal range and then uh, one for two uh, when it comes to the threes. So he was reliable there. The only three-pointer that the Miners made. But, you know, this was a very uh, silent 7.6 boards. I mean, he, he he helped out. Don't get me wrong. But as far as presence-wise, it, it was tough to kind of get that feel. I, that's what I got from it. I don't know about you. Okay, well, so I'm I'm telling you, while he doesn't play any of the overtime, Sal, I'm completely wrong. I'm double-checking over here in overtime. Zarek Onyema fouls out, and Sibley gets thrown in. They go small. I, I should have remembered this. I, I thought I had this written down in my notes, but I didn't. Uh, so, so uh um, what, what's his, so he goes in, Sibley goes in on this over Onyema, and he closes out the game. He has 10 minutes, he scores two points, and that's it. Doesn't do anything else in overtime, scores two points. Uh, and that, that was just a field goal, low post. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was when the game was already over. Um, I'm not trying to call Sibley out, I'm just trying to say they're expecting a lot from Jamari Sibley. And he has to be the guy to rise to the occasion, because when this team is looking for depth, answers to depth questions that they have right now, they're going to be looking at their returning players like Sibley. And Sibley's going to have to step up. I like the game from Onyema. I like the game from Kalu. Uh, they're going to need more from Sibley. And I think that's that's what I'm asking. It's not necessarily bad. They just need more. And, and you know what? As aggressive as they play, some refs are going to you know like it. Some refs aren't. They're going to blow their whistle right. or they aren't. So 
at that point, if foul trouble becomes an issue, as aggressive as you play, which it can be, you know, for, for a good chunk of the season, you're going to need guys to come in and kind of pick up from where the other left off. It's a lot to ask, especially if skill sets are different, right? But uh, that's where you just got to make your presence on the game. But uh, although I mentioned it was a silent 34 minutes, um, you know, I can't really take away too many negatives. I mean, this guy, only one turnover when it comes to it, and he, he's at six rebounds for the night, also has an assist, so I don't know if you want to like counter that assist yeah. with the turnover. Um, he, he wasn't negative when it came to it. It's just as far as like what you expect from a, from a returning player, just a little bit more. Make your presence yeah. felt. Yeah. Make, make me remember you on the court, right? Uh, is that too much to ask? Maybe. Uh, Joe Chacon tweeting into the show. These are perfect games to get out of the way early into the season and still come away with the win plenty of things to work on but better now than deep into conference play already can see there's a lot of hearts on this team or a lot of heart on this team uh joe chacon following it up let's have a discussion tomorrow after another win on what is next to fix and keep moving forward coach joe golding knows what he's doing hashtag repping from colorado now hashtag turkey is thawing in the (laughs) fridge Nice. Of course, he's got to th- he's got to shout it out. Hashtag minor ink crew. Okay. Um, UTEP Zay disagrees on the Bradley. This was UC Riverside all over again, except we won. So he thinks that he's overvaluing this victory. He thinks forget the forget the Bradley, forget the Pacific game. Look at UC Riverside. This is the game right there, and he thinks they will, you know this is that kind of victory for them. So well, I see where he's going. E- either way, right? Adversity hits. How do you respond? Especially when you're given an opportunity and you don't cash in the first couple of times. Well, if you have another chance. Do the damn thing, and it came down to it in the second overtime, and they did it. Okay, let's keep it moving. This is Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Gosh, a lot of great tweets. Thank you so much to everybody who's uh, tweeting into the show. Uh, Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweets the show, I thought this was a great win, but I thought Golding waited too long to address the 2-2-1 press. He didn't call timeout until they were tied. It almost cost them the game. Similar to what Hunter said. I, hey, Adrian, uh, people agree with you. You're, you're saying a lot of things that a lot of people have brought up here, or that Hunter brought up on the show, at least. Don Wapo at Mr. E tweets the show. Good quality win. Who cares what they say and what haters like Ronnie say? Alcorn beat both Stephen F. Austin and Wichita State on the road. Solid victory. Hashtag minor strong. Uh, Ronnie is not a hater. Ronnie actively roots for UTEP. He might come off as a hater, but he holds UTEP to high standards. So uh, I hear where you're coming from, Don Wapo. This is uh, this is coming in from Mary Onyema. The Onyema family is active on Twitter tonight. Mary tweets the show, double overtime. Oh, my God. Super excited for win. The team dug deep and was able to preserve despite what happened at the free throw line. I enjoyed watching the game live. My voice is gone, <laughs> but I'm ready for tomorrow. Hashtag minor talk. That's coming from Mary. Kingsley tweets the show. What a game. It was not a dominant victory, but a win is a win. I was concerned when Otis Frazier got injured, but the team te- stepped up. Great defense. They need to do better in free throws, period. Hashtag minor talk. Can you imagine Kingsley and Mary? They, they come all the way from Hawaii. They're expecting a, a big game. They're expecting UTEP to just come out and not and blow the doors out, blow the roof off the, the place, uh, and they get this nail-biter victory. <laughs> 
Yeah, that those voices are gone for sure. You know, it's crazy, right? Because if you think of, I know it's a it's a, a classic, not a tournament, but if this were, you know, like an invitational or a tournament, right. this is semifinal or championship game energy. It is in game one. It is. It really is. If this is what we're getting right here for the Jim Forbes Classic, can't wait for the, the, uh, the Sun Bowl appetizer. Invitational coming up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, UTEP plays North Carolina a and then the winner of Kent State and New Mexico State. Kent State's legit good. Like, I, I don't even want to hear anything from anybody. Like, they're legit, like, one of the best teams in the mid-major ranks. So, uh, anybody out there who wants to knock off Kent State, uh, so far on the year, they are 5-0. and They are 89th in the country uh, in terms of Ken Palm. They've beat teams like Portland, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Chicago State. The The most quality win right there is definitely Portland. Um, that's a significant victory that they had. And then Chicago State, uh, that's not a good win whatsoever. But Northern Kentucky, to start out the year, that's a good win. That's a way better win than Pine Bluff and Chicago State. Uh, Kent State has Houston this Saturday. So anybody who wants to watch some good college basketball, uh, that is going to be one to watch. Charleston tomorrow is a huge one for Kent State as well, and that could be a team that UTEP faces in the Sun Bowl Invitational. Kent State is a team to definitely watch out for. And, and you know what? I had to do a double take because, uh, yeah, they'll play um, Charleston, but I saw Houston and then I saw second, right? The yeah. second ranking. So I, I was like, wait, is Houston really second? I mean, I, I'm not doubting it. I know they're a solid bunch. I just haven't paid attention to the top 25, but if you want to say, all right, th- throw that one away, it's whatever. Okay, they'll play South Dakota State after Houston, and then they're uh, taking on Gonzaga, who's ranked sixth in the nation. I know you know of Gonzaga. I think everybody else out there knows of Gonzaga. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what Man. happens in uh, in all of that action. But, um, yeah, this is a, a pretty solid uh, Kent State basketball team. Um, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a timeout. We're going to read our final tweets. We're going to get to any final phone calls here on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We will not be on Minor Talk tomorrow. So if you want to talk UTEP hoops, tonight is the night. 915-505-6009. We'll be back in action Friday. We're taking a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll give out some awards, and we'll talk a, a couple more storylines. As you're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ES. Piano Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. As we continue, we're presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. Having heated debates back here on hot hand of the game, thanks to Win Supply El Paso and Player of the Game, brought to you by Keith Southwest. No, totally kidding on that. Uh, let's get to some of the storylines in this one. Uh, where's Mario McKinney? No clue. No clue. No comment. No uh, word from UTEP. Nothing. Uh, so we have no clue. Does he come back tomorrow? Can we link this to anything that we know that's going on in sports like New Mexico State and what might be going on with their men's basketball program? I don't know. I can't say that. I can't tell you that. And I, I can't even bring that up in the same sentence without me having to say, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that's the case. We, we literally do not know. But I will say this. If I can comment on the New Mexico State thing, it's a horrible situation over yeah. there. No, it, it definitely is. And I, I mean – from what you've read about in the Q and A that um, that was initially released, and then you know the the statements uh, afterwards, and shout out to uh, to Jason Groves doing an amazing job with the coverage. Yeah. Jeff Col- Grammer, Colin Deaver, Colin Deaver, Jeff Grammer. Yeah, they're they're all doing an exceptional job, and and you know staying. It's tough to do something when there's restrictions. I'll just say that. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, incredible reporting by them. Definitely some class acts. But you're right. It's a sad situation all around. So. Uh, yeah, just 
gotta you know just gotta wish the best for um for everybody uh you know all parties involved because it's oh man we'll just leave it at that no right i mean we've talked about it at length on sports talk it's Mm -hmm. a terrible issue no doubt about it uh speaking of terrible issues and uh talking about utep um how about this switching sports let's talk a little football and i know how much you love to talk football sal yeah uh sean coogler has been fired from the Arizona Cardinals. Former UTEP head coach, uh, following, quote-unquote, an incident that happened in Mexico City. It was off the field, didn't happen on the field. Uh, This was news that we heard uh, from Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach. They relieved Sean Kugler of his duties. He was sent home Monday morning before the game even started. So it was not performance-based at all. Sean Kugler fired uh, after an incident in Mexico City. We might not ever find out what happened here, but... uh, Coogs is now on the move, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be looking for another job. So that's uh, just something to note, right there. Yeah, it, and it's interesting, right? If, if I'm not mistaken, was Kingsbury the coach at Tech? Yes, coaching against Coogler. Okay, yep, hundred percent. So, Good connection. How ironic! It's like it's like a full circle, you know. And now taking over for Coogler is Natkin, who is where? Yep. at UTEP. So that's right. <laughs> but, that's but, right. Yeah, that's crazy. I, and you said they didn't release any details. I mean, of course, uh, we don't know anything on this side. But um, yeah, just interesting enough. And we don't know about Otis Frazier's injury after the game. Joe Golding talked about it and said he doesn't know anything. They told me he couldn't go, hoping to get uh, some word from doctors tomorrow. But that's the only word that they've got on Otis Frazier the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, really tough loss right there. Um, and and that, that will kind of run down some of the storylines we had. Thanks to everybody who listened. Uh, really appreciate everybody here on Minor Talk. Uh, yeah, we'll read this one. Joe Chacon, he's, uh, he has an entire tweet filled with hashtags. An entire tweet. Uh and we're not going to read all these hashtags, but we'll read all the, what he says, okay? So he says, his first line is, I will haunt your tweets. <laughs> Cranberries are overrated. Turkey sandwiches for game time Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for my Steph, Brock, and Zane. Thankful for my minor family. Thankful for minor talk. Told you the Cowboys would sink that ship. <laughs> Giant killers on Turkey Day. How about them Cowboys? Yep, I went there. That's coming. All those were hashtags in front of them. Uh, that's coming from our pal Joe Chacon. Joe is Joe's the man. How many times has he tweeted versus how many times uh, has he tweeted with hashtags? That's a, that's what I want to know. How many times has he tweeted with hashtags that are different I, and, or come up with a new one? That's right. That's a gift. Um, he might actually set the minor in crew like hashtag if that one actually takes some takes some steam. Maybe some people will. will I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it too. Good stuff there. Uh, let's wrap this up. Let's uh, talk about our uh, awards here on the show. First off, let's go to our hot hand of the game. This is brought to you by our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso. Uh, you can check out windsupplyelpaso.com for all uh, their what they do over there at Wind Supply to keep your house warm this winter. Let's go over to our hot hand of this one. Calvin Solomon, late in the game, the UTEP needed a bucket. He gave him one. Uh, five of seven from the field. He had 13 total points. He had eight rebounds in this game, and he had two steals in this contest as well. Calvin Solomon earning the hot hand of the game award. Now it's on to our player of the game in this game. It is Tay Hardy, 48 minutes of action, 5 of 16 from the field, but he totaled 20 points in this game. Uh, Tay Hardy just kind of all around for this UTEP basketball team. He was there and he was big when they needed it. Uh, Three rebounds, four assists, 48 minutes of action, two turnovers. Tay Hardy, player of the game. Uh, Guys, we'll wrap this up. We'll turn the page. We'll look forward to tomorrow. 
It's CSU Bakersfield. Tip-off is 7 o'clock. Afterward, no minor talk, but we'll be back Friday. It's Texas A&M Corpus Christi, 2 o'clock tip-off. Sal Montes will join me for minor talk. Uh, It's Angel Munoz, our man, who's helped us throughout this whole broadcast. He will be uh, producing that game uh, with Voice of the Miners' John Teicher along with Steve Yellen. That will be Friday, and we will have all of that action for you on deck. And then Saturday, we're right back at it. Final game of football season. Final game. It's here. (laughs) It's here. Uh, Sal, final thoughts ahead of CSU Bakersfield and ahead of Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, I just want to say, man, in terms of familiar names, they take on Alcorn State, um, you know, or they took on Alcorn State earlier tonight. They get the win. Last year, uh, they took on a team with the same namesake, the Braves, and they dropped it. So flip it over to this week, right? They're taking on the uh, Roadrunners of CSU Bakersfield. Do they win one to lose one, or are they going to lose one to win one? Because they play two Roadrunners this week. Uh, I think they win out. I'm just optimistic. I think they win out. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I, I think they do win out when it comes to the uh, the Classic. Now, as far as the other Roadrunners, let's mm. see how that fares. And we were right. They are ranked now 25th in what? The coaches poll, I think. So yeah. That, that's a Wow, man. That's, that's a damn good team. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Um, and I know I'm switching it over to football, but you got to count on a lot for UTSA to lose this game. So you got to hope for Frank Harris to play bad along with um, with Coach Trailer um, being out coaching that game. It's a lot to ask for, but, I mean, they they play the game for a reason. Yeah, that's right. We'll find out Saturday what ends up happening in football. Uh, we'll find out what happens tomorrow in basketball. CSU Bakersfield coming back at it. Uh, one last tweet to get to. Bill Hegeman, good defense on both sides. Alcorn State has the edge on rebounds. Miners had 4,000 people yelling, enjoyed the fans. I enjoyed them too. I enjoyed everybody who I got a chance to see out there and enjoyed everybody who chimed in here on Miner Talk. Special thanks to Angel Munoz. Special thanks to Sal Montes. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving this weekend and great holiday. And well, that'll, that'll wrap us up here on Miner Talk. Presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, UTEP defeats Alcorn State 73-61 in double overtime right here on 600. ESPN El Paso.